That's right. Welcome to another episode of Branding Banter, your promotional podcast. I'm Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. I'm Meg Erber with SNS Activewear. What do we have unlimited time this this podcast? I'm excited about that. We can <laughs> okay. talk all we want. Can we redo it? No. <laughs> Go. <laughs> hey, that looks way better though. Um, right? We're making improvements already, but you're Steve McFadden from Perfect Promotions and more. Oh, well, I was filibustering until that timer started. So, uh, oh, yes, I'm Steve. We were doing that. so good. I know. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about HPG sustainability label real quick. HPG's goal is to use a more accessible, specific language to just make it easier for distributors to talk about the sustainability features that their products have. Rather than use terms and eco jargon like RABS or Recycled PU, we are using more understandable language that both distributors and end users can understand and relate to. Products that will have specific details uh, as well as so you can know the impact that your products have. Good to Know is now listed on the hpgbrands.com and it's easily to locate as well to browse and to share with the end users. So go ahead right now, go to their website and check out the Good to Know items that are offered. Did you say that one of the eco terms was RBF? I was reading it very quickly. <laughs> I, was like, I, was I don't like, know if that type of thing is a, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's why you just got to go to their website. It's <laughs> good to know because you don't want someone like me or Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't somehow think that's true, but, uh, you know, it's all good. All right. Our topic for today, uh, Meg Erber. Actually, no, Stephen McFadden, we'll go with you. Why don't, why don't you launch us into the topic today? What are we talking about? <laughs> We're going to talk about one of the C's. Oh, yeah. Obviously. yeah, yeah. So as we talked about when we launched, we wanted to talk about case studies, creators, and companies. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about companies. And the company for the day is... This is when you guys do drum rolls. Drum roll. I'm sure there's some audio for that. So Pfizer is the company for the day. So... The reason we chose that is we actually found some data um, that talked about the top industries in the promotional products um, world and education and healthcare, specifically in the pharmaceutical side, seem to be at the top. And the data, the, the data of what somebody spends in promo is a little bit difficult to find without being like part of that company. But what seems to be true in all the data that we found was Pfizer comes up at the top of the list and just about all the data points that we could find. So as far back as 1999, the estimated promotional spend for Pfizer was about $90 million. And there was a lot of different regulation then than there is now with how products were used, just like with um, alcohol and tobacco when things got regulated as far as how you could give away promo. Um, so doing a little bit more of a deep dive, it was what are they spending so much on? You know, like what is what is it that they could possibly do and how they've spent then versus how they spend now has completely changed. But even still with that being said, they still probably it's estimated that they do over 40 if not closer to 50 million dollars in promotional product spend even today even with the 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 regular the restrictions from the fda and other departments that'll that change how you do it so um i'll take a quick breath you tell me if you have any specific questions or i can just keep rolling because there's a lot of 
a lot of stuff. Well, I know there's a lot, but maybe we should talk about like the Pfizer's marketing strategies. I know they encompass various aspects um, in their product product portfolio, including the pricing, distribution, promotion techniques, and everything is aimed at their marketing success. But I think there, I read something about how they have like two different ways to kind of get it out there as far as um, their strategies are concerned. Um, but it's really through lots of research and development who their target audiences are. So do you want to jump into maybe some of the challenges, Stephen? Sure. Or? Okay. Sure. So, and let's just make a caveat with our company's pitch because I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're being transparent as well. We don't work with these companies, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're, our goal is to show people the size and the scope of different industries and different companies within the promotional products industry. So we thought it'd be really cool to try to break down specific companies to show people, hey, other places like this or even them specifically, this is what they're using promo products for and this is how they're doing it. So, sorry, I just wanted to make that clear before we disclaimer, Stephen does not work, does do $50 million at Pfizer. So, um so they, since 1999 and to today, there was the way products were used then were basically as, um, you know, there was internal spend, external spend, but then there was also pharmaceutical to doctor spend, mm -hmm. which was eliminated since now because there was biasness that was happening. There was these were, they were being perceived as gifts. They were non-educational. There was right bribe, you know, like if when your doctor goes to prescribe you a vaccination or a pill or a medicine, you might be more likely to give, to recommend the product if I just got a Yeti cooler from them. Right. So that was what they were trying to avoid. And that's when the regulation, uh, the, the restrictions went into place since then there the the restrictions have are such that they have to be transparent in how they give them they have to have educational value with the product as well um and it has and i believe it it cannot go direct to a specific practice but it can go direct to consumer as long as it meets those criteria for unbiasedness transparency and um educational purposes and it can go to like umbrella packages or whole hospitals, but not specific people. So the way things were targeted were much different. But you can imagine if you had a budget of whatever, you know, $90 million and you could give it to every person, you were bought, you were giving stuff to everybody, right? So um, now it's been cut just a, just a bit, but, you know, you think about how much that changed from now to then. Um, but they're still spending a ton. So I was trying to figure out, okay, where are they spending it? It looks to be, to me, of course, this is all just from data we can find. They still are one of the largest participants in all the events and trade shows, um, the medical professional specialist conferences. Um, as one of the top pharmaceutical companies in the world, they have global presence too. So some of those locations don't have the same restrictions that U.S. has. So their global spend is a lot higher than some of the other companies that you would imagine. Um, so all sorts of things. Uh, you saw the categories, product categories. Did you find stuff on that? I found a few categories that it seems that they do a lot of. Um, no, the stuff that I was coming up with was really about like their actualizers segments of like who their target market is. Um, and basically they, what they're, they're, the category is people who value health, 
family environmental responsibility. And that segment was known for being an effective planner, goal-oriented, and with a focus on career advancement. So that was their target audience. And they did that through the medical representatives to engage the healthcare professionals. They used direct-to-consumer advertising, and especially for the over-the-counter medicines um, through newspapers, television, promo. Um, but I think what they're coming up against right now was they had some major lawsuits, some fines. Um, and I think those are some of the challenges in addition to that Sunshine Act, which limited promotional spending, what's it like $10, something like that, something insane. I don't yes. remember that in a while, but I remember when that hit our industry, it was such an impact on our industry because the promotional spend used to be so high and then it's limited $10. So people just have to get creative and use more educational, but it was really to, provide more transparency on the financial aspects of this, the financial interactions that aren't including writing prescriptions. So kind of breaking down the product categories, you know, specifically now that they have those restrictions, um, here were some of the top categories that they, they did a lot. So educational materials was super high on the list because they saw that as an avenue where they're able to still provide promotional products with that educational piece. So that would include things like notebooks and writing utensils, right? So all of those kind of items. Also data storage would fall into that as well. So if they needed to display information, educational information, there's USBs, there's any type of data storage, cords, things like that. Custom apparel, they have last estimate of, of uh, December, of 23 or, or October of 23 showed that they had over 81,000 employees. So that's a lot of pieces of apparel, <laughs> you know, so that alone could make up a big chunk of their promotional product spend. I would I, say that's probably going to be 50% or more. Um, I have to agree just in that sector, not to cut you off, but in that sector, yeah. I feel like when my customers come to me and they're like, this is the type of customer there is, it's usually pharma or hospital nurses somewhere in the medical field. So they are definitely buying promotional yeah. products, 100%. Um, Steven, as a distributor, do you have any of these types of clients? And A, and B, what are they asking you for specifically? So Sorry we have, yeah, so I, I don't want to go too far away from them specifically, but I do see the correlation to some of the people that we, we have worked with. So we've worked with some pharmaceutical, some research pharmaceutical, which is an interesting uh, place to play because they're only going to be as big as the, you know, if they get a hit, like if they can solve a problem or if they can diagnose something via medicine. Um, but from what I can see, the types of products that are being spent uh, from them identically match up to what's perceived as the, the best categories of spending for Pfizer. So we did 50% of the spend with these companies was in apparel, HR and recognition. The rest of it was internal gifts and, you know, HR spending. And then a smaller segment was outreach stuff because they could only do so much. So okay. they have, they were under the same red, you know, uh, restrictions as Pfizer. So my assumption is that's probably true for them as well. Right. Um, and that was the other big component of spend uh, that we found was the the recognition components the um you know internal recognition internal gifting things like that all right do you guys remember the movie uh, love and other drugs from i think it was like 2010 or something like that with mm -hmm. uh, jake gyllenhaal and 
forget the girl's name, but he was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And it was it's kind of what makes me the first thing that popped in my head when he talks about Pfizer, because um, he was, I think it might've even been Pfizer or one of the company, I can't remember <laughs> the company he worked for, but basically you'd see him going into the doctor's office, he'd go into the trunk, he's just full of all these promotional products that they would just be yep. giving out to, to people. So, yeah. um, and I, I was actually really surprised to see that, uh, Pfizer or any pharmaceutical company was still at the top of that list, um, that, well, that you discussed Stephen, because I know that the, the whole bill that was passed back in the late two thousands, um basically eliminated a lot of that you know that that type of expenditure so i'm i'm very curious how that how that has changed yeah and i think that it's, it's interesting so i found 1999 i found 2013 2018 mm -hmm. where it actually names specific companies other than that like i can find general categories of companies all the way up until a couple months ago but like when it were a name specific company, I just don't know how they gather that data because that would involve, I would have to imagine either self-reporting or distributors reporting who their biggest customers are. So I don't know, Meg, did you find something different? Did you find? Well, I found something, I, I found something a little interesting um, about Pfizer actually. And I think you guys will probably have to, you guys will agree with me on this once I get my thoughts out, but who is, Pfizer has done such a great job in, in marketing themselves this year, particularly. Do you guys know where I'm going with this? Who is the number one star that is out there right now that everybody is talking about? Are you talking Taylor about the, the, the jab? Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift and Travis oh, Kelsey. They, Travis, like the minute they started dating, all these things came into Travis Kelsey. Pfizer was one of them. And he That's was right. out there. He stars in that huge vaccine campaign. So this goes back to social media influencing too. Like this is big. Like he is considered an influencer for this brand, a brand brand ambassador. He's, that's the one where he's got like the blue, the two different. Yeah, uh, I think that's two and one. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was probably very huge for them. Um, just, just because they're all the buzz. Everyone, even if you're not like a Swifty, you want to know the tea. And that's the tea right now. That is the hottest tea. I was watching an interview from Jason Kelsey and he was like, I guess it was the first time he was meeting Taylor at the Bills game. And he was like, I got to make a first impression. He's like, the first impression has got to be the worst impression because it's only up from here on <laughs> I was like, I like the way he talks. <laughs> this should have been in our 90 second in the beginning, but I did you hear the rest of it when he he had talked to his wife and his wife was like, yes. don't Please you do not dare. do that. And he's like, That's <laughs> how you met me. It was passing at a bar with no shirt on. He's like, so. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was a good move on their part because right now that stigma, depending on what side you fall on with the vaccine, that's the, that's their challenge, right? That's their challenge is to get that that audience in. So why not go with the biggest star right now, or at least the biggest star who's making headlines is Taylor and Travis. So I think that attaboy on them. Um, great campaign. I have to say that. So anything else you guys want to add in about this? I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look and see if I have any other notes, but if not, I'll filibuster in because I've got 30 seconds. Um, it just goes <laughs> to show you that even though you know there have been legislative bills passed to sort of go against our industry with the pharmaceutical industry, uh, they're clearly still very very highly ranked within uh, the spenders yeah. in our industry. So they were number one, I think, the yeah. biggest spender in promotion. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't hesitate, hesitate to go after them. Yeah. There are, um, I'm interested to see too, if we end up crossing the paths with another top company that we end up doing research on to see if they have the similar restrictions, you know, whether it be 
drugs and alcohol or, you know what I mean? Or alcohol and or, or cigarettes, stuff like that. So if you yeah. have a company, I'll just put this disclaimer out, interact with this video, let us know if there's a company that you want us to research as well. And we'll see, we'll do our best to get it in and discuss it. Yeah. I think that's a good idea too. It gives us an opportunity to see what people are asking for and allows us to do the deep dive on it. So yeah, let's do it. Hey, you know yeah. who I, what I want to discuss though? What's that? HPG. Yeah. Our sponsor. Like um, they have some pretty cool tools out. And if you haven't checked them out yet, I would highly advise going to hpgbrands.com. At the top, you'll see a little link called that says sales tools with a little pencil. When you click that, there's two new options or two new things that they have. They've had storyboards and catalogs before, but these are their plus versions. These are their 2.0s. So when you go into those, you now have the ability to curate and customize catalogs by uploading logos into them, uh, pre-selecting the pieces, or letting the AI picker do it for you where you can type in, hey, what are some good products for pharmaceutical companies, right? And then it'll gather those products together. Then you can upload it to upload the logos. It'll create the storyboard for you. And then you have a customized tool that you can use to share and to sell. So check out hpgbrands.com and check out their new storyboard plus and catalog plus tools. And the AI picker. And the AI picker. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys, for this episode? Or are we good to go? I think That's we're good. That was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, like I said, we, we do have a, a small section for community feedback, uh, but this this is a pre-recorded episode. So, uh, you know, we haven't had a, another episode drop yet. So um, but continue to comment, you know, leave us feedback and we'll uh, we'll definitely make sure it gets into the next episode. So and make sure um, you subscribe so you guys actually get our videos yes. so they're showing up in your feed. Subscribe, hit that like button and show us some love. There you go. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll be seeing you.